After reviewing the play, the call on the ice stands. We got to go. Okay, fellas, we are set to go. Let's go. We are kicking. Watch the blue. There we go. Yeah, baby. Number 47 for Boston. Both guys, five minutes each for fighting. Please move it. Please move it. Please move it. I got to admit this. I made a mistake. I think I'm bang on this. I'm bang on. Okay, gentlemen, play ball. Watch it here. Good checking, guys. That's good play. It's the middle of the month. The NHL season is progressing along, but we're doing things a little bit differently this week, aren't we, Josh? Because I'm really not here. You're not. You're you're not even in the country. You're not even in my country. <laughs> I I am in a country. It's just not one that has predominantly hockey things happening. So we have taken the liberty of doing a pretty cool episode. And I don't know about you, but I'm really excited about this conversation. Yeah, looking forward to it. Uh, you know, we've had some some memorable hockey moments and always nice when you can talk to somebody who's actually been not only involved, but the cause of, of that moment. Okay, so there's a little bit of a tease. And yes, we do have a special guest this week on the Scouting the Refs podcast. It's brought to you by Manscaped. And of course, there are special savings available for you with our Manscaped partnership. Use the code REFS, R-E-F-S, for your order. You immediately get 20% off and you get free shipping on great Manscaped products. Okay, so Pumpkin Spice Month is all gone. We're now well into November. There's the fast approaching Thanksgiving holiday, which by the way, I love. It is it is my favorite. Of course, the the greater holiday season means Black Friday and Cyber Monday and sales and stuff. But as as we've told you, you already get great savings with our code on the manscaped.com website. Refs is the code. We can tell you right now, there's no need to wait for special days. There's no need to wait for special times. You can enjoy the savings right now, whether it's on the amazing Lawnmower 4.0 or any of the other amazing new products. There's body wash, there's shampoo, there's all kinds of nice new grooming products. We know that Pretty soon, Josh, we're going to be seeing the guy in the red suit with the big bushy beard. But let's not get things out of hand. Use the Manscaped products. We don't want everybody with the big, mushy, mangy, ugly <laughs> sort of beard happening everywhere. No, you you definitely don't. What, what works for Santa above the neck doesn't necessarily work for <laughs> Santa everywhere else. And it, and it probably doesn't work for most folks. More than 4 million men worldwide can't be wrong. Go to manscaped.com, use the code REFS for your purchase. You get 20% off and free delivery. Do it now. She began her hockey career as a player. She played at an elite level, leading to four years at Brown University from 2001 to 2005. She was team captain in the 04-05 season. It was then that Katie Gay began her career as an on-ice official. In 2014, she officiated a game in the Southern Professional League for the first time. She is the first female to officiate NCAA men's hockey. She's now officiated a total of eight IIHF tournaments, including the 2018 Women's Hockey Tournament at the Olympics. In 2019, Katie Gay refereed the NHL Prospect Tournament in Irvine, California, hosted by the Anaheim Ducks. Last year, along with Kelly Cook, Kendall Hanley, Kirsten Welsh, she officiated the women's three-on-three event at the NHL All-Star Game. And a few weeks ago, on October 16th, Katie Gay became the first female referee to drop the puck and work an American Hockey League game between the Lehigh Valley Phantoms 
and the Wilkes-Barre Scranton Penguins. Please welcome Katie Gay to the Scouting the Refs podcast. It's nice to have you. Thanks, guys. Great to be here. So I want to know, first of all, if you can, take me back through the day on October 16th. In fact, even did you sleep the night before? Did you sleep well? Just kind of take me through how that day went before you made your debut. Yeah, I was really excited to get out there at Wilkes-Barre. Um, it's a, a long drive, so I ended up uh, leaving quite early that morning and making the trek that day and checked into the hotel, got a little nap in beforehand and uh, was eager to, to get to the rink. I connected with my crew beforehand. You know, it was it was great leading up to the game. The amount of support I received was just uh, through the roof and it was, um, you know, the hype leading up to the game definitely got that adrenaline flowing that much more. So I was eager and excited to get that first puck down. Now, now did did you approach that game differently than any others? Uh, was it was it the same routine for you, or was it a whole new approach? Were there extra butterflies, and was there was there anything different? No, not too much different. Um, definitely some extra butterflies. Anytime you do a game in a new league. There's definitely more adrenaline flowing. Um, and, you know, for me, I've had the chance to work in various leagues over the years. And anytime you get that shot, it's really, you know, just uh, your first time out there. You're really trying to prove yourself and earn that respect. And so uh, this time is no different than the other times I was in new leagues. And so, yeah, definitely uh, eager to get that first puck down. And, and once it finally went down, then it just seemed like another hockey game. Okay, I'm going to be a little bit nosy now. Before you drop the puck to start the game on the 16th, when all the officials gathered at center ice, what did they say to you and what, what did you say to them? You know, it was uh, no, that was no different than any other game. You know, we were all excited to be there. They were incredibly supportive and uh, were eager to give me that first puck drop. So I handed off the puck and, uh, you know, we all... Uh, wish each other well for a good game out there yeah and it was a good game I don't want to see an uneventful affair but nothing nothing out of the ordinary in that one what was it like on the ice with the opposing players with the coaches out there it was was the tone different I know you've worked men's hockey before but how did it feel out there for you working in the AHL you know I think they treated me just like any other official in stripes and that's really all I can ask for when I'm out there on the ice so um that felt no different, um, which is great. That's what I was hoping for, and that's how it was. Uh, a few guys before and after congratulated me, which was really nice. Um, but overall, I felt like I, I got the respect that my peers did, which is what I was hoping for. You didn't want to be a distraction is kind of what I'm getting from this, too. And they gave you plenty to work with, too. I mean, you had penalties in the game. There was a fight in the first period and just a little bit of everything. Yeah, it was a fun one. It was opening night. So it was a good crowd. There's a lot of energy in the building and uh, the players were ready to get after it. So it was a, a lot of fun for sure. Yeah, I, I, I can only imagine working that game, making that debut there. So building up to this, when did you realize that the AHL might be a reality for you? So in 2019, I went to the NHL officials uh, exposure combine and had the opportunity to do a rookie tournament out in Anaheim uh, in 2019. So that was really uh, the first step. Um, and then there was no exposure combine in 2020. And then I went back again in 2021. And from there, they invited a bunch of us to 
the AHL's preseason camp. Um, and so that really was a sign that uh, games were coming. And so certainly exciting. And, um, you know, I really never thought men's pro hockey was a possibility. So to be able to go to the exposure combine and, and you know, continue to do that and, and get some more traction um, from those exposure combines, it's really exciting. Katie, and say it wasn't really something that you thought it was a possibility. You'd, you'd officiated a, a lot of different leagues and, and the IIHF tournaments, even the Olympics. Was it something that you wanted to do and really set that as a goal for yourself? Well, the Olympics had always been my ultimate goal. And so when I reached that in 2018, I thought that was the pinnacle of my career. And that's it was that next summer that the opportunity to extend the exposure combine opened up for me. So really up until that point, I never thought it, it was a possibility. So, um, you know, I, I didn't really set my goals on it. And that's when, you know, a new new door was open. So certainly um, an exciting time as I really thought for the Americans, it's one and done for the Olympics. So I really thought, you know, once my IHF path had come to an end, um, that I would just continue focusing on NCAA, which that had also been another goal of mine. And I was able to do a women's finals in 2019 with a, a group of three other women. So that was actually the first time in a women's NCAA Frozen Four Finals Division One that uh, it was a four female crew. So that was exciting for me. And then I was able to do the the 2021 finals as well. Um, but certainly, you know, having this new path formed with more women attending the exposure and combine certainly now is opening up a whole new path for, for many of us. Yeah, and that combine is opening paths for a lot of people, even former players that are transitioning. And, and it's neat to see the NHL kind of embracing those different paths and different individuals to try to increase the officiating pool to find NHL officials. And, and I know one other thing that they were working on was the mentoring program. And how did that help you? And, and how much did that play into helping you develop to, uh, you know, to get to where you're at now? Well, yeah, so that was Wes McCauley, Steve Barton, and a bunch of other officials sat on Zoom calls with a lot of female officials over the course of the pandemic. And I know up north of the border, rinks were closed for a lot of last year. So for for some of them, it was just the opportunity to think and talk about hockey again. I know in the States, we had a lot of rinks open, which we were pretty fortunate, but it was a great opportunity to hear stories from from guys that have worked in the NHL and, and you know, pick their brain. And so to be able to have the opportunity to talk hockey and, and hear some of their stories certainly uh, helped helped all of us. Is there a specific story or instance or something that you gained from these conversations that really helped you in this journey? You know, there's so much uh, that you can take away from experienced officials, from communication with players and the benches to those scenarios that happen randomly over the course of a season or a career. And so there are a lot of just little tidbits that they share with us that definitely, uh, you know, we'll, we'll all take with us. Yeah, I can only imagine given the games these guys have worked and what they've seen over the years and the situations that they've come across. Any in your career, uh, any memorable moments that, that you have or that come to mind or even that you'd share with officials that are looking to follow the same path you've taken? Oh, gosh, there's so many. <laughs> um, uh, putting me on the spot here. 
uh, I don't know if I can pinpoint one specific example, but I think communication with benches and players is critical as you're building respect and working your way up the ranks. And especially as you're getting more comfortable within one league, I think just, you know, for coaches to know what they're getting when you show up and in the rank uh, certainly is really helpful and to, to keep that standard consistent throughout the course of the season. Katie Gay is our guest here on the Scouting the Refs podcast. She became the first female to referee in the American Hockey League a little bit earlier this year. Katie, you talked about communication, and we've mentioned that a number of times on our podcast about how important that is between officials and players and coaches and the like. So many people focus on the physical aspect of females moving into men's hockey leagues, especially as they they get up to the higher levels of the American Hockey League and the NHL. I don't think that's an obstacle for female referees to move into the AHL and to the NHL going forward. Do you, do you see it that way? I, I think it's really been overblown over the years. Yeah, I mean, the, the game is definitely fast. Um, you know, that the first period was a bit of an adjustment, but uh, you quickly adjust. And um, one great thing about the exposure combine is it puts us through the ringer, uh, all the officials that are there of what, it's a basically a, a test on ice, off ice um, to what the NHL officials are doing in their preseason camp. So um, it's a great way to see where you compare to all the other officials that are in attendance. But certainly, you know, uh, skating is a huge component to officiating. And so that's, you know, the first skill that you need to have in your, in your toolbox. Um, and that's a critical component for sure. Yeah. And certainly as a, as a player, Skating is one of your strengths. I know Paul Stewart's mentioned that you're you're skating. I think he mentioned, ranked you as top three backwards skating officials that he's worked with. So obviously that's a big strength there. But when you're uh, when you're doing that, you're you're working on your skating to get into position. Anything that that you do on the ice to try to help take advantage to make sure you're in the right spot or or to leverage your abilities there. How do you approach the game on the ice? Well, you definitely have to anticipate um, and, you know, you always want to put yourself in the best position to be able to make the call. And so on the goal line, it's just, you know, you, you got to keep moving down there and use whatever open ice is available to you to get in that best place to stay out of the way of play and also see all the action. So, you know, the off ice conditioning is critical and making sure you're physically ready to, to get out there. Um, and that's where the off season training really, really is, um, important as you lead up to the season. And then obviously throughout the season as well. Katie, it sounds like these new paths, as you call it, that have opened up to you are both challenging and invigorating. Do you allow yourself a little bit of time already to think about, okay, I wonder what could be next. Could it be the next level? Could it be the national hockey league? Have you given that a thought? You know, it's one game at a time. Um, oh, that's I, such I've, a player answer. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> I, you know, I felt after game one, I felt pretty good. Now I'm eager to get on the ice in game two, just coming up next week here. And, uh, you know, from there, we'll hopefully get game three. So, yeah, just uh, one game at a time at this point. Yeah, that's that's the only way to take it as an official and, you know, letting things go after that game and just moving forward. But 
I know you're not the only one making a debut. Have you been in contact with the other women who are starting their AHL careers? And w- what kinds of conversations have you had? What kinds of discussions have uh, have those been? Since obviously having 10 women working in the American Hockey League this year, unprecedented. I mean, amazing and, and great to see that opportunity. What what have those conversations been like? Yeah, I know Amanda Tassoni from Rhode Island just did her game down in Hershey yesterday. So connected with her today. Um, yeah, I, I've, I've worked with almost all of the women. So we're friends off the ice and it's exciting to see all of us get this opportunity together. And, you know, I think we're each other's biggest cheerleaders out there. So, um, you know, I think just reaching out beforehand to wish him well and, and sharing anything that I, I gathered from my games. And then, um, you know, we've all connected post game too. So it's a lot of fun to be in this with a group of others that I've worked with uh, many games together. You've illustrated beautifully the the conversations that you've had with your your female colleagues as well as other officials off the line. They and, and Josh uses this expression, there's a third team out on the ice. And you guys really have that same close-knit camaraderie, teamwork, collaboration, attitude, and approach as as NHL or American Hockey League or any other hockey team has as well. And it's 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 how you you all get better. Yeah, definitely. You know, it's a, like you said, we're the third team on the ice and we, you know, do well as a team and succeed as a team. So supporting each other is obviously really critical and, you know, we're all in it to to learn and grow together. So, you know, being able to hear from Wes McCauley, C. Barr and some of the others over the course of the last year, uh, you know, they were there to support us. And I received texts from those two guys before my game. So, you know, to have that support and, and, and their confidence certainly, you know, is really appreciated and helpful as I headed into my game on the 16th. Now, I know I know Wes is uh, obviously an amazing official, great guy. He's also famous for his mic skills. And I have to know if he gave any tips or suggestions on announcing those penalty calls as, as dramatically as possible. <laughs> well, luckily, um, we're not usually mic'd up, so uh, we didn't have to <laughs> take too much from him. But he definitely uh, has his own form out there on the ice. He's fun to watch for sure. You mentioned that you received a few calls or text messages or, or DMs. Is there a one or two surprising messages that you received either before or after that game? I received a ton from officials within the league, which was really great to see their support, as well as people that I've crossed paths with and, and ranks all the way since I was six years old. A few Mike teammates reached out to me who I hadn't heard from in, in quite some time. So it was cool to see that this event was really kind of bringing people and, and me, you know, back to some of my childhood days um, with, with players that I haven't connected with in, in a while. So it was fun to see the amount of hype that, that it was getting and uh, to be able to connect with some people in the hockey world was, was a lot of fun. I can, I can only imagine it's such a high profile event and such a, a first that uh, just a phenomenal thing. And I, I know everybody's rooting for you and, and cheering you on along the way, both representative of, of women officials everywhere and for, for just, you know, opening that door to other officials. So I think it's phenomenal, Katie. Thanks so much for joining us today. And, uh, you know, I, we, we obviously want to congratulate you and celebrate this. I think it's awesome. And, uh, I've, I've loved seeing all these debuts along the way and just, just waiting for the next and, and waiting for that eventual NHL official that hopefully will be one of these 10 who've done it. Do you, do you think we will see a woman officiating the NHL in the near future? 
Yeah, I mean, time will tell. This is a huge first step in getting there, obviously. Anyone that's in an AHL building is aspiring to get to that next step. And so, you know, we'll we'll see what happens. Once again, Katie, congratulations. We really appreciate your time joining us today and good luck the rest of the season and the rest of your future. Thank you, guys. Really appreciate it. Our thanks again to Katie Gay, the first female to officiate in an American Hockey League game earlier this season. More games to come. Nine other women are part of the AHL staff this season. This is a huge step. It's a bold step by the American Hockey League. I hope it's the first of many steps of progress forward for officiating, not just in hockey, but in other sports as well. There shouldn't be this gender differentiation between females being allowed to officiate in male sports. I think I think it's a, a step in the right direction for both leagues. Absolutely. We've seen it in other professional sports. We've seen the NBA. We've seen the NFL. So great to see the AHL taking these steps and, and finding opportunities. Like, like Katie said, Olympics, that was as far as you could go. That was the the pinnacle of success for a female official. And you know, we, there's obviously women's hockey, there's college hockey, there's professional hockey there, but you know, to open that door to men's hockey, especially at this level, to move up to the AHL level and and you know, see the potential for a woman to be working in the NHL, it just it opens a whole new world of opportunities. So I, I think it's phenomenal. I think, like you said, Todd, this is the right step and uh we know that there's the potential for for another one and just waiting for that moment to happen. She has the qualifications. She has officiated at numerous levels, making her way through and to a very high level as well, including the Olympics. It's unfortunate that she only gets to do one Olympics. It seems that, oh, that would be such a such a good thing to do and be such a great program to have her uh, able to officiate at another Olympic Games. But I, I guess we'll have to wait for that opportunity as well. But someone with her credentials, her qualifications, taking the next step forward, fingers crossed. Hopefully it's only just a matter of time. The Scouting the Refs podcast is brought to you by Manscaped. Get 20% off and free shipping with code REFS at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com. Use code REFS. That's R-E-F-S. Unlock your confidence and always use the right tools for the job with Manscaped.